0: The one constant through all the years, Ray, has been Beyond the game The most well-known, the best-looking, the best-dressed It's a faith-based sports radio program We would be honored if you would join us The ladies are digging my sweet bass. I also really don't care
1: No, I'm saying I could have done with speech, though, because I do that every time I golf Are you really that
0: ignorant? Yeah You guys are so young and stupid Get ready Here we go Thanks for joining us this morning and welcome to the Beyond the Game program. Beyond Game is brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions. TownandCountrySolutions.com. You can call the good folks at Town & Country, 585-426-5024. That's 585-426-5024. Town & Country Pest Solutions, fearing nothing. But God. I'm Rick Benson, and joining me, as he typically does, is the best producer in all of faith based sports talk radio, <laughs> Zach Barletta. Our website is btgprogram.com, and our social media handle is at btgprogram. You're welcome to visit any of those and give us a follow on Twitter. Our studio line is 585 431 1202. We welcome your comments anytime on anything you hear on our show. You can leave us a message there. One more time, that's 585-431-1202, and all we ask is that you're kind and graceful. (laughs) Baltimore Orioles star Adam Jones said this week that he supports the ideology behind the protests of the National Anthem. I'm not going to offer yet another commentary about protests of the Anthem. We've dedicated plenty of time to that in the previous couple of shows, and probably too much time to that point. What more is there to say on this thing that hasn't already been said? But the interesting thing that Jones said was his explanation of why baseball players have not made similar demonstrations. He said that baseball is a, quote, white man's sport, and that the sport can do without them, referring to black ballplayers, since there are already so relatively few of them in the game, he says, quote, we already have two strikes against us. Now, I'm not sure I understand really what that part means. We all, we already have two strikes against us, but yeah. he continues. So you might as well not kick yourself out of the game. In football, you can't kick them out. You need those players. In baseball, they don't need us. Now, there's no doubt that blacks have Really walked away from the game over the last decade or two. Their numbers uh, of participation in baseball has declined. And uh, in fairness, baseball shot itself in the foot. They've done an incredibly poor job of marketing their game to young people of any race. Mm -hmm. You know, consequently, those young people are picking up other games. Kids aren't playing baseball. It's a national phenomenon that they're, Mm -hmm. they're, opting to play other things. Baseball puts its biggest games on at times where young people don't typically get to see it. Now, I love the game, and as much as I hate to admit it, young people just aren't taken by baseball. They find it boring. They're just not into it. They're not playing it as they once were. Basketball, football, soccer, they're more popular among the youth of today. Mm -hmm. Additionally, a growing number of young athletes are playing one sport all year long, and when faced with a choice, baseball's not the one they're picking. And to make that worse, there are many club teams that are telling these young people that they can't play other sports. If they're going to play for them, that's all they play for. Even they don't let them play for their high school teams, which I think is sad. You know, yeah. the opportunity to play for your school, yeah, the club team is saying, no, you're only playing for us if you play here. You know, of those that embrace baseball, many of them are now, they're really coming to it later in life. It's not something they play. It's something they watch, though. Nationally declining numbers of participants in youth baseball, uh, while at the same time seeing attendance records set at Major League ballparks, would seem to confirm that we don't play, we watch. Baseball has identified that they have a problem, especially among the black population, and have taken steps to rectify it with such things as our RBI program, revitalizing baseball in inner cities. And good for them, but in my mind, that's not enough. It should be noted that Jones does stand for the anthem, and the fact that his father and his brother have been members of the military are just one of the reasons that he gives for why he stands for it. I'm willing to bet that Jones's father had a lot to do with his enjoyment of the game of baseball. His respect of his father's military service suggests to me that there's some sort of father-son bond there. And and no, not every father and son share that bond. The kind of bond that so often, perhaps more than any other single sport, it's part of baseball, that father-son relationship. It's why so many men get choked up at the end of the movie, Field of Dreams, when Kevin Costner has a catch with his dad. The whole movie drives towards that moment. Why do so many come to baseball later? Because it, it reminds them of their dads. It's a special time that they had with their dads. Now listen, I'm not revealing anything extraordinary here, but statistics show that a father's involvement in the life of his child is much less prominent in black cultures than in white. I believe that's a big part of why baseball is a white man's sport because they're picking it up earlier in life. And they're doing that because of the involvement of their dads. Baseball is currently a, a very white game, but not due to the, quote, design of the people who run it, as ESPN's Howard Bryant would have you believe. He says that Quote, in a country full of world-class black athletes, baseball can't seem to attract many. Listen, if a player can hit 300, he'll have a chance at a team no matter what his skin color is. Black youth trend away from the game, then it's them who are making that choice not to play. They want to play anything but baseball, and it's not just black kids. It It is white kids as well. Don't blame white people just because blacks aren't playing the game. It's so easy. That's always people are so quick to cast the blame elsewhere when, in fact, it may come down to just being a simple decision of one's own choice that we don't want to play this game. Go ask a kid who isn't playing why he's not playing. Ask him if he's not playing Little League because of the design of the people who run it. I'm willing to bet that that's not the case. Mm-hmm. Look, you aren't going to have black major leaguers if you don't have black youth league players. I think that's an unfair accusation by Mr. Bryant. There are a number of Latinos playing a game, though not as many as white, but most of those Latinos are, are foreign-born. There are some American-born Latinos playing a game, but most of them come from places like the Dominican Republic, Puerto Rico, Cuba, Mexico, Venezuela, and others. But for many of them, it's a different situation. They're not getting involved in baseball because of a family bond. For them, it's, it's an opportunity. To, it's an opportunity to escape poverty. Now, they may develop a love for the game, but uh, you know what originally brings them to it is a chance to escape poverty, to, to get off the island, if you will. For them, baseball is just an answer, and maybe the only viable answer for a good number of them Now, I'm not trying to overly romanticize the game or the father-son bonds that are often created and or strengthened through it, and I'm not minimizing other sports or even the mother-son, father-daughter, or mother-daughter relationships are all important. I just think that if baseball wants to rebuild its popularity amongst blacks, then they need to do more than just offering baseball programs in inner cities. They need to assist in programs that strengthen the family dynamic, and especially the involvement of dads in the lives of their kids. Don't underestimate the power of having a catch with your son or or, or with your father. Don't underestimate what it means to watch a game together, whether that be live or otherwise. What they really both amount to is time together. Mm -hmm. Pittsburgh Steelers running back DeAngelo Williams was made out to be some sort of cheap loser by a bartender in College Park, Maryland. The Steelers were in town to play the Washington Redskins this past Monday night when he stepped out for a little dinner, a few drinks at a local restaurant. The waitress got stiffed, so she does what any quick-thinking Mensa candidate or actress in the making biding their time in the food service industry would do. <laughs> she turns to social media to try to discredit him. She said his check was $128.25. He left me 129 with no tip but 75 cents. So there you go, Steelers fans. You're running back as cheap as blank. SMH, scratch my head, shake my head. What does what that stand? Shake my head. Shake my head. Williams, though, was having none of it. <laughs> and when he he used the same forum to defend himself, saying that after waiting over an hour and a half for their food, it then came out wrong. He also said that she never asked for refills either. Instead of asking for a manager, he says he simply didn't leave a tip for the hardly working server that expected (laughs) a tip and concludes by saying, so it takes one and a half hours for you to get me three salads and pasta, and it's not packed at all and slow by her standards. One of the restaurant owners told TMZ that the server had been fired because we were in the wrong. and Of course, the customer is always right. Now, I don't know that the customer is always right, but I understand the sentiment. And certainly it seems that in this case, the customer may very well have been right. The owner says, I want to offer anything I can do. I'll be sure to apologize in person next time he visits and pick up his next meal. Translation, I want him to bring his fame and his wallet back in here again (laughs) and all his rich football friends with him. But good for D'Angelo Williams for not letting this waitress get over on him. NFL players come into the joint with his flashy coin and flashy clothes, and she's probably thinking, oh, we're Skins fans around here. You're going to be waiting for your dinner, bro. Restaurant staff may be sitting around just assuming that because he's rich he's going to drop down a, a nice tip for him, but not so fast. Rightfully so, D'Angelo Williams would like a little service for his dollar. He didn't even complain to the manager. He, he probably didn't want to get the girl in trouble, but when she had turned to social media... He'd had enough, so good luck on the job search, there, honey. I'm all for showing my displeasure through the tip. Of course, you got to know that it's not always a server, so you can't penalize the server if Mm -hmm. it's not if it's something out of her control. Sometimes it's the kitchen, yeah, yeah. But to not refill the drinks, come on, that's a pet peeve. I'm a pretty good tipper because. Uh, You know, I like to go back to the same places, and I want them to remember me. Mm -hmm. See
1: what a Fitsky can do to a guy's attitude?
0: Especially when you know you're paying like three bucks for a fountain soda, Yeah, which probably they're making $2.50 off that three bucks. If I'm paying that much for a soda, you need to come on, refill my drink, will you? That's really my thing at a restaurant. Give me fair portions, good attentive service, and I don't mind if you're even a little more higher priced. If I'm getting the good portions and I'm walking out satisfied, but man, if you walk out of a restaurant and you're still hungry and you're not satisfied, man, there's an issue there. I'm not going back there. I think that's kind of like church. I'll drive a little farther. I'll put in a little more effort if the preaching leaves me satisfied. I want to know that the preacher prepared and I want to be left with some sort of application that I can make to my own life. If a church keeps telling you only the good things, only the things you want to hear. Eventually, you start coming away with that unsatisfied feeling. Souls not getting fed, and that's a problem. If your church isn't teaching and preaching the Bible, then it's time to find another church. Second Timothy 2.15 says, Be diligent and present yourself approved to God as a workman who does not need to be ashamed, accurately handling the word of truth. Just as you should be, your pastor should be rightly dividing God's word. He needs to know and teach what it does and does not say. It's not enough to just know a few Bible stories. We're to be students of the Bible. Zach, you got anything you want to add to what I've said so far?
2: I agree with what you said about young black baseball players and, and why they may not be as into it. And I completely agree that uh, I think the influence of a father is a big, big reason for that. I know I'm into baseball because of my grandmother, but I'm into football because of my dad. You know, explaining the rules to me, growing up, watching games with me, and stuff like that, playing catch with me outside. So I, I I completely agree with that. I think there are other factors as well. I think that one of the big ones is the expensiveness of playing baseball. You have to have cleats, you have to have a glove, you have to have baseball pants, you have to um, you have to have a field to play on. And in a lot of environments, there's not a good field around for these kids to play on. That's and I point. I think. Like you said, there are other sports to be played, and in a lot of those environments, and this is not anything new, there's a basketball court, and all you need is a ball. You don't even need a net. You know, all you need is a ball and shoes, and you can play. And I think that's why a lot of these kids gravitate to basketball instead of baseball. I really disagree with Adam Jones, and I've never liked him for other reasons. So maybe I'm a little biased, but if it's a white man's sport, why is it almost 30% Latinos? You know, That, that just, to me makes no sense and if it's if it's like howard bryant said if it's due to the con- the designs of the people who run the game i know of at least 3 black general managers in the game right now are those guys not putting black players on their rosters so the whole thing if you break it down it just doesn't make any sense
0: nah it's just so always so easy to blame somebody else mm-hmm. Yeah, three black general managers, when you got 30 teams, well, yeah. then that's not it's not a huge percentage. I get what they're saying. It is a very white game right now, but I don't think it's set up to be that way. I don't think it's intentional. Mm-hmm. I just think it's a simple choice that black youth are saying, I'd rather play basketball. Yeah. I'd rather play football. I'd rather play soccer.
2: Can yeah. you flip that on its head and say that the NFL is a black man's game because- the percentages are so flip-flopped the other way. Would Adam Jones make that argument? You know, like it just, there's so many wormholes you can go down with this. we got a lot more coming up for you today on the program. I'm Benson, he's Barletta, and this is the
0: Beyond the Game program brought to you by Town & Country, Best Solutions. All right, let me talk to you about something important. Let's face it, sometimes life hurts, and it can be especially painful for young people. But thankfully, God heals. Hope Church in Greece is offering a 12-week program called Life Hurts, God Heals. This program is intended to help students who are dealing with painful struggles due to such things as divorce, depression, addictions, eating disorders, abuse, self-injury, and more. Hundreds of students from the ages of 12 to 22 have been given tools to help overcome life's difficulties through this program and many lives have been changed. Life Hurts, God Heals is offered on Sundays from 1 p.m. to 2.30 p.m. and is absolutely free of charge. Hope Church is located at 1301 Vintage Lane in Greece. For more information, please visit the church's website, sharethehope.org, or call the church office at 585-723-4673. That's 585-723-4673, and ask for Jill.
1: Title sponsor of Beyond the Game is Town & Country Pest Solutions, and they have been for the two-plus years the show's been on the air. But that's nothing compared to the nearly 30 years of bringing your homes and businesses of unwelcome pests. And I'm not just here reading a commercial script for them. I am a happy and satisfied customer. They have taken care of a mouse ant and even fly problem for me yes my house is old and falling apart and i get all sorts of pest problems and you may too as the colder air creeping in starts to cause critters to seek shelter in your attic basement or walls if you think you have a problem or want to make sure that you don't call town and country they really are the best they guarantee their work and did i mention they're the best save yourself any more of a headache and money by giving them a call first Don't waste your time on other companies. Town & Country will do it right the first time, every time. So give them a call today at 585-426-5024. That's 585-426-5024. One more time because someone decided that 3 is the magic number, 585-426-5024. Or visit them online at townandcountrysolutions.com. Town & Country Pest Solutions. They fear nothing but God. It's here. Ram Sports Network. Christian Sports
0: Television. That's right. Christian Sports Television. Ram Sports Network is the first Christian sports TV channel with programming from Pee to the pros. Games, events, sports talk, fitness and nutrition, sports missions, western sports, and sports
2: ministry. We're spreading the gospel through sports. Watch us now at ramsportsnetwork.com or find us on the Roku Channel Store. Ram Sports Network. More More than a game. When I have a home remodeling project, whether interior or exterior, I call McAfee's Remodeling Company. Family-owned for nearly two decades, McAfee's Remodeling Company is the name I trust. Mike McAfee put a new bathroom into my house three years ago, and I'm still getting compliments on it every time someone comes over to visit. Mike and his crew are experienced and professional, and you'll be thrilled with their work. So give McAfee's Remodeling Company a call today at 402-1070. That's 402-1070. Or visit them online at McAfeeRemodeling.com. Welcome
0: back to the show. Beyond the Game program, Rick Benson, Zach Barletta at BTG program, BTGprogram.com. You know what really gets me, Zach? Wouldn't know <laughs> you know what frosts my fanny?
2: You know what frosts my fanny?
0: You watch your language.
2: Did that totally frost your fanny? Get
0: off my lawn.
2: Man, that'll frost your fanny.
0: Your life had a face I would punch it. That really frosts my fanny. Easy, compadre. Did I just frost
1: your fanny? As a matter of fact, you did.
0: How difficult is it to stack the individual pieces of a sandwich. <laughs> well, apparently it's pretty stinking hard to do, but the crowd figuring they're worthy of $15 still wants their $15 to do it. I went to McDonald's one morning this week, and I got a couple of Egg McMuffin sandwiches. Here in the Rochester area, you can get two of them for like $3.50. It's a, pretty, mm-hmm. it's a pretty decent deal. Apart from the muffin, there are only three other elements to this sandwich. You got the egg, you got the ham, you got the cheese, and they're all flat. They're right. It should be pretty simple, right? How much am Jenga. I really putting someone out by expecting them to be able to stack these three items neatly and completely one on top of the other? Yet when I got my sandwich, I had some sort of tribute to the leaning tower of Pisa. <laughs> the problem is, the the quarter of the slice of cheese, that little piece of cheese that they actually centered on the egg had melted. But now, as a result, the, the slice of the ham, which was even further off center, is locked into position by that melted cheese. Mm-hmm. And now I got like this thing that was more of like a folding accordion than a stacked sandwich. I me, mean, come on, people. This isn't rocket science. Had I gotten something else on it, let's say I had lettuce on it. Man, four items. I get how hard that would be to mm-hmm. stack. That type of precision work probably does get 15 dollars an hour maybe more maybe 20 lettuce is
2: unpredictable but this is
0: three items people between two barely toasted muffin halves (laughs) and the filet-o fish that's even more ridiculous you mean to tell me that you can't hit the center of that piece of frozen fish with the tartar sauce concoction they have you can't (laughs) squirt that in the center why is it always off to the side i'm so discouraged by where we are you know, by where society has deteriorated to, and I'm not just talking about being unable to stack a sandwich, so many things just don't make sense now. Many strive to show how wise they are, how fair they are, how open-minded they are, so much so that they deny God and, and view his principles as foolishness. This is scripture, by the way, Romans 1, 21 and 22, because that, when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Verse 22, professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. In Christian cultures, you hear the phrase age of accountability, and I don't see anything really in Scripture that specifically mentions such a concept, or at least specifies where that age would be. For those unfamiliar with what I'm talking about, it'd be an age where before which God would not hold a person responsible for their sins. They don't understand it. The the unfortunate death of an infant would bring with it the question that would, uh, where would the child's soul be? Would it be in heaven or hell? Romans 5.12 says, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world of death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for all have sinned born into sin, unless the child came to a knowledge of Christ, they would be in hell. God is fair, God is just, and God is righteous, and it's hard for us to think that he would allow that to happen. Now, obviously, it'd be hard for a small child to fully understand the weight of sin and the concepts of sacrifice, forgiveness, repentance. So many teach that there is an unspecific age of accountability as a result. And that's based less on age and more of a fullness of understanding. And this verse I just read here, Romans 121, is where I see that. At that point where a person has an awareness of God but chooses to deny him, or as the Bible says, glorified him not as God, it's at that point when their foolish heart was darkened and they're responsible for their sins. People always ask about that guy who never hears. What if they never hear about Jesus? What about that tribal guy in Africa. There's, there's so many people about that worried about this one guy in Africa. <laughs> but the Bible says that just one verse prior in Romans one twenty, that the creation speaks of God's glory. It's the proof of who he is. If only we'd open our eyes. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, the Bible says, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. I accept that God is God. He's in control. Not only does he have a reason for everything, he's able to take care of all those he loves. I know what you're saying. Benson, this is a sports show. You're supposed to talk about sports. My point is that people are they are going to such extremes to deny God in the name of not offending anyone, in the name of being politically corrected. There are just times that it's just insanity. Why do you care if someone prays? People fight so hard to justify some expressions of freedom of speech and then deny others because it, well, it may be offensive. Sitting through the anthem is offensive to me, but yet, oh, that's a constitutionally protected right. After receiving a complaint from the Military Religious Freedom Foundation, the United States Military Academy at West Point is now investigating a prayer after Army's football game against Temple because it was led by coaches. The head of the MRFF claims to have received complaints from as many as six different members of the team, plus some alumni, plus some staff members who took issue with the prayer, and said that even some of these complaints were received from people who consider themselves Christian. What? I I have a hard time believing that. And if they consider themselves Christian, it's just got to be in name only. Oh, yeah, Mm -hmm. I was baptized as a baby as a Christian, so I must be a Christian. Why would any Christian— whose faith they take seriously, complain about the prayer. An online video, which has since been removed, show football players kneeling with their arms around one another. The video is alleged to show head coach Jeff Monken asking an assistant coach to lead the team in prayer. And even more offensive was that that prayer concluded in the name of Jesus. I don't get it. It's as if Freedom of speech would allow one to protest the American flag, the anthem, the country in which it stands for, but that same freedom is not extended to those who could potentially give their lives to protect that freedom. I mean, you're talking about the United States Army football team here. These are going to be officers. They can't pray together? It makes no sense. Lieutenant General Robert Caslin told the Washington Post that the coach, quote, crossed the line and said that the complaints were justified and those who objected had, quote, valid concerns about constitutional violations. He said it creates an atmosphere where it is expected from everybody to say a prayer regardless of their faith or no faith.
2: That's ridiculous.
0: Listen, nobody knows if you're praying or you're just thinking about lunch afterwards, you know? Heck, even in many churches, people are just planning the afternoon. They aren't really praying. They just got their eyes closed and their head bowed, you know, (laughs) thinking about the football game that's coming up. You mean to tell me that top military officer candidates at West Point are feeling forced to comply against their wishes and to pray, that they're unable to show unity with their brothers who do wish to pray? You know, that, that can't just be a unity thing. Even though they themselves are simply bowing with their heads, you know, bowing their heads and kneeling for a moment, doing anything but praying. They just can't come out there and show unity. But yet, those who don't actually protest the flag, and we've seen a number of these say they're going to stand in unity or they're going to kneel or sit in unity with Colin Kaepernick and solidarity of those who are protesting it, even though they themselves may not. I don't understand this thinking. What, what, what is so harmful? the name of Jesus. I use this verse quite a bit, John 15:18. If the world hate you, know that it hated me before it hated you. Retired Lieutenant General Jerry Boykin is quoted by syndicated radio host and Fox News columnist Todd Starnes as being disgusted by the military's capitulation and saying that this is a typical reaction by the Obama army. It reflects an atmosphere and environment that has been created that is hostile to towards Christianity. Every vestige of Christianity is being driven underground in the military. And I certainly mean no disrespect, but as it happens, tragedy struck the Army football team after cornerback Brandon Jackson died Sunday in a car accident. Just one week after inciting an investigation for praying together, here they are hurting and in need of prayer and comfort. Coach Monken said, words cannot describe the grief that our team is feeling over the loss of our brother and friend, Brandon. He was a beloved teamie, and our hearts, our, our hearts are with his family at this time of tragedy. Do you think he had to choose those words wisely? Because typically you hear the phrase, you know, oh, our
2: our thoughts and prayers. Uh, or exactly like right, that. Zach,
0: our, our thoughts and prayers. And this almost comes across as very intentionally, I don't want to say our thoughts and prayers, so I'll... Our hearts are with his family. It seems like maybe it's just awkward to say our thoughts and prayers and that it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be awkward. And it shouldn't, what is the big deal? Shame on organizations like the military, religious, religious freedom foundation and others for their overzealous attacks on faith and religious liberties. I mean, they profess themselves to be wise, yet they became fools. What a crazy world. White people not letting black people play baseball. People complaining about locker room prayers. NFL players only tipping bartenders 75 cents. I mean, it's crazy, <laughs> man. And then you have some nut job running all over the field at last week's 49ers-Rams game. That was actually pretty awesome. More you so because so, of the call
2: on the radio. Well,
0: you know what was so comical about it? And you know how TV doesn't want to encourage that kind of behavior, so they don't show it on camera. Right. The camera awkwardly pans around and... Everyone's obviously watching something except you don't get to see it. You get to see the people watching something. So it, it it's just this
2: it makes awkward television. I wish they would give that treatment to Colin Kaepernick.
0: <laughs> Yet Kevin Harlan on Westwood One's National Radio Broadcast as you just mentioned calls it if he was doing
2: play by play for a running back heading towards the end zone. <laughs> it's great. He's at the 40. He's at the 30. They're not going to catch him. He's running bare-chested. Yeah, and the the voice
0: inflections were there. The excitement was there. In fact, he says on the air that it was the most exciting play of the night. <laughs> Which it was. You might have well showed it on TV because Harlan's call has gone viral on social media and across oh, yeah. the internet. The guy is a celebrity at this point, And as it turns out, he's just 16 years old. He did it because his friends dared him to. And because he's only 16... They simply turned him over his dad, to his dad. His dad had to come pick him up. The kid said, surprisingly, his dad wasn't angry. Instead, his dad was proud of him. What? He says his parents didn't even ground him because they thought it was too funny. It becomes clear where it gets a stupidity, right? You know, <laughs> it's genetic. How do we know about this? Because the nut was running on the field, and before taking his shirt off, he had wrote his phone number on his chest. So, of Mm -hmm. course, someone called him and leave it to the idiots at Deadspin to celebrate stupidity. The kid said that he is banned for a year. A year? That's it? He can get the ban lifted, in fact, if he does an online course and writes a letter of apology to the
2: stadium for breaking the rules. Oh, jeez a crazy world they sent him to his room for an hour you know like that's basically what it was it's i mean what he did is illegal he broke actual laws
0: yeah and it's like they just well he's 16 give him back to his dad and dad's like Jeez. good job son coming up later in the show we're gonna have our shenanigans we got a few other things to get to you are listening to the beyond the game program brought to you by town and country Absolutely.
2: When I have a home remodeling project, whether interior or exterior, I call McAfee's Remodeling Company. Family owned for nearly two decades, McAfee's Remodeling Company is the name I trust. Mike McAfee put a new bathroom into my house three years ago, and I'm still getting compliments on it every time someone comes over to visit. Mike and his crew are experienced and professional, and you'll be thrilled with their work. So give McAfee's Remodeling Company a call today at 402-1070. That's 402-1070. Or visit them online at McAfeeRemodeling.com.
1: Have you ever thought where you'll go when you die? A recent poll found that more than four out of five people in the U.S. believed in heaven. The really interesting research comes when you ask how and why you get there. Do you know the answer, or are you just hoping for the best? Jesus gave us the answers to how we can join him in heaven and be assured of our eternal fate. If you want to learn how to trust in Jesus and assure your place in heaven, call 888-NEED-HIM or chat with us at chataboutjesus.com. If it wasn't for Calvary Ranch, I would not have a hope for the future that I do right now. Each and every day, lives are changed at Calvary Ranch. The reason I came here was I never got off the Xanax that I was using to counteract the meth. That was really had a hold on me for the first four years of my addiction. My friend, this is Pat Boone. If somebody you love needs help, please call Calvary Ranch today. Calvary Ranch is
0: recognized as one of the most effective recovery programs in the country and it's affordable, about one-tenth the cost of comparable programs. You heard me.
1: So, for a free information packet from a caring counselor, call 800-404-2258. Again, 800-404-2258. I feel a sense of peace that I haven't had before. Calvary Ranch, where God does the healing. Call 800-404-2258. 800-404-2258. Beyond the Game, talking
2: sports from a different point of view.
1: Barry Bonds never took steroids. It's a faith-based sports radio program. Don't ruin it by being an idiot. Highlighting the stories and the people of faith. Have a high moral standard. It's not a faith program that includes sports. It's a sports talk show rooted in faith-based principles.
0: How silly can you get
1: you want to heckle blind people? That would make me soil my pants. Dude. Wow. Welcome back
2: to the show. Recording in the BTG Studios in Rochester, New York. Here is your host, Rick Benson. You know what we need to do, Zach? What's that? We need to get into a little bit of shenanigans. Sounds good to me. Let's do it. Number one, Tiger Woods says he'll return this fall. Truth or shenanigans? This is Tiger's farewell tour before retirement. Shenanigans. Uh, maybe it should be,
0: but there's a fierce competitor inside Tiger. It's what made him so great. Somehow I just think don't think he's going to go out like that. I, besides, you know, guys play golf for such a long time, and then they mm-hmm. go into the senior tour and play even longer. He's got a lot of golf years in front of him still, if he so chooses. Why wouldn't he choose that? Why wouldn't he keep playing? Even, even if he's not ever going to threaten the records of Jack Nicholas, even if he's not going to be the player he once was, He'd still make a pretty decent living so
2: why would he retire i'm going to take the opposite track and agree with the statement not that he necessarily has already decided to retire but i think at this point he seems to be pretty much shot right He's play a little bit get hurt come back play poorly get hurt it, there seems to be a cycle at this point and like you talked about him being a fierce competitor and i almost wonder if he's at the point where he won't play if he can't play at a high level like he used to so I could see both sides, but I'm just going to say that I think at some point soon he'll get injured again and decide it's just not worth it to go through another rehab.
0: So what's he going to do? Just go somewhere out in the desert and be a.
2: I'll say he's going to play video games with his kids. That's uh, what he talked about. What was about, that movie, right? Tin Cup, where with Kevin Costner and Don Johnson? <laughs> I couldn't tell you. Anyways, that's my, that's my guess. Video games with his kids. Number two, Twitter exploded on Saturday when Dodgers manager Dave Roberts pulled starting pitcher Rich Hill. After seven innings, when Hill was throwing a perfect game. Truth or shenanigans, Robert should have let Hill finish the game. What do you think? I say shenanigans. Uh, Rich Hill had just missed a ton of time with severe blister issues. In fact, since they acquired him at the trade deadline, that was only the second game he had pitched for them. And the Dodgers were monitoring what they called a hot spot on his finger that was developing during the game that they thought was going to become another blister. So it just made too much sense to get him out of the game. They need him to be healthy for the playoffs.
0: I agree with you and I say shenanigans on the statement that Roberts should have let Hill finish the game. Although in my heart, uh, you know, I want him to finish the game. There. Oh yeah. I mean, we had a similar situation that we discussed earlier this year, but this wasn't just a pitch count situation. You know, yeah, but, I, I'd love to say leave him in, but you know, how, how often is a guy going to be in this position where he's looking at that opportunity of do- doing something yeah. very special? But. As you pointed out, in this instance, unfortunately for Hill, he's staring an injury right in the face. Mm-hmm. They were monitoring it, and, you know, it's just an unfortunate situation. But, yeah, shenanigans. I agree with you,
2: Zach. Number three, ESPN's Adam Schefter <sighs> tweeted this week that there's a growing sense around the NFL that former Ravens running back Ray Rice will play sometime this season. Truth or shenanigans, Rice will play in an NFL game this year. I agree. I agree.
0: And this may not be popular, but why shouldn't he? I mean, he's shown signs of remorse while his actions were absolutely horrendous, no doubt. Should he really be denied the opportunity to earn a living at what it is he does? I mean, it's easy for people to say that he should never be allowed to play again. But come on, man, what if you were in your line of work? I mean, there's a great number of regular job guy joe you know who beat his wife or girlfriend and they deserve to go to jail but they also deserve to be able to return to a job after they serve their time that said only if the employer wants them you know josh brown of the giants wasn't caught on video he only got one game for his alleged actions you know one game i don't know i i yeah i think he should be able to come back and i think he will
2: I think he should be able to, but I'm going to say shenanigans that he actually will. He's a former star running back. Everybody knows who he is if you follow football, but I think the fact that he hasn't played since, I think, 2013, right? He's going on three years now. There are plenty of talented, much younger running backs available that got cut from rosters in the last few weeks that are on practice squads around the league. So I think if you're a team looking for a backup running back, you'd rather take somebody that's younger and has some upside than somebody that hasn't played in three years. So I'm going to say shenanigans.
0: He's not the best color guy in the business. What, how does he say it in Major League? <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, boy. Number four. Brian Cashman said this week that Aaron Judge will miss the rest of the season with an injury and will have to compete for a job in the spring like everyone else. Truth or shenanigans, Judge will be the Yankees starting right fielder in 2017.
0: Yeah, I agree, you know, I, I think he will. Of course, Cashman is going to say that. You want the guy to come to camp motivated, to, to play well, to earn a job with the big club, but um, he's going to have to learn to be more consistent, which I, you know, cut down on the strikeouts, but I, I think he will. I, I agree that he'll start the season in right field for the Yankees, but if he doesn't hit consistently, he's going to find
2: himself sent back down to work on some stuff. I'm going to agree with Cashburn and call shenanigans on the statement. Uh The Yankees obviously want him to be their everyday right fielder, but I'm a little concerned that he struck out in basically half of his major league at-bats. Like a lot of strikeouts. That's just way, way too much. He's, I think he was hitting under 200 when he got hurt. Meanwhile, Aaron Hicks has been very good when he's had everyday at-bats. I've talked about him before, I think, on the show. Yeah,
0: you're big on him.
2: And I think the Yankees would be fine throwing Aaron Hicks in right field for the first month of the season and let Judge or Clint Frazier force their way onto the team from AAA. So uh, unless he has a big, really big spring training, I call shenanigans.
0: Another good point.
2: Last but not least, one local headline this week asks whether the Bills' Thursday night game against the Jets was a must-win. Truth or shenanigans, an early-season game can be a must-win. What do you think, Zach? I say shenanigans. Uh, You've said on the show many times every game in the NFL season is important because there are only 16 of them. And I agree with that, but I just think this early in the season, you have no idea how anything's going to pan out. You have no idea what's going to happen to the teams around you in the standings. I really think at this point, you focus on the game you're playing, let next week be next week. So I say shenanigans, this early in the season, there's no such thing as a must win.
0: Again, I agree with you. I call shenanigans as well. Yes, you know, obviously, the short 16-game season that the NFL plays compared with other sports means that every game is important but not necessarily a a must-win. It's so easy to look back after 16 games and you find that you missed the playoffs by one game. Oh, well, that week one loss really did us in. But you had 15 other games to affect things differently, and neither the Jets' loss or the Bills' loss was a divisional game. So they're going into Thursday night with every opportunity still in front of them to win their division. It's week one, man. It's just week one. Zach, I want to go back to the Adam Jones story for just a bit. That is, you know, his saying that he understands and agrees with the motives behind the anthem protests. Ken Rosenthal, who covers baseball for Fox, is probably one of the best known among current baseball writers. He wrote an article the other day that was just littered, I thought, with the absurd. Now, I understand that he writes for Fox Sports, and sensationalism and outlandish commentary are often passed off there as good journalism. And <laughs> I, I, I guess I want to be careful. That's not to say that Rosenthal isn't a good journalist, because he is. But it seems that Fox, many of their people have the tendency at times to get caught up in mm-hmm. over-sensationalizing things, trying to make that statement that's going to garner attention. He starts his article out by suggesting that athletes are not allowed to express their opinion Yet he says everyone on Twitter has an opinion, and by golly, each and every one of them is going to be heard.
1: That's not how it works. That's not how any of this works.
0: I have a Twitter account, and there are probably three people who actually hear my opinion. And Zach, you're one of those three people, and I know you don't care. <laughs> Few people really care about what you say on Twitter. That is, unless you say something that they can use for their own gain. I mean, for real, though, how seriously... Can I take you if you've only been given a hundred twenty-one or what is it, one hundred twenty characters to to express yourself? You got one hundred twenty characters. Mm-hmm. You can't fully explain what it is you're trying to say. You can make a statement. You can try to be as concise as you can, but even Darren's thoughts can't, you know, are more complex than one hundred and twenty characters. <laughs> I don't know about that, but I see your point. Many who've weighed in on both sides of this latest social debate and you know, they've done so without really having thought it through and almost certainly not have given the other side much consideration. We're so good at that. We're so, uh, perhaps we identify with a particular athlete. Maybe you identify, you know, he's a guy on your team or maybe you identify with the skin color and, and we, people are quick to jump on a side without really thinking through the other side, and Rosenthal may even have done a little of this when he says in his article that many African Americans remain concerned about racial inequality and police brutality. Now, that may be so, but you know what? So are some Hispanic people and probably some Asian people, too. White people have been the victims of police brutality or or by violence as a result of their skin color. Ironically, racism does not discriminate. It can work against all people. Is it unheard of for a white person to have gotten arrested? He decides to fight back a little bit. Is it unheard of that that person gets roughed up a little bit by an impatient police officer or frustrated police officer? Of course not. It's it, That'd be nothing new. But police brutality is not—it's not a high percentage problem, though it is a problem. Listen, if just one person is a victim of police brutality, then it's a problem. But it's not only a problem for black people. Now, I've been told in most cases, an officer doesn't see color. They either see someone who's likely going to cooperate or someone who's going to make things difficult for them. That's what they say. Is Mm -hmm. this guy going to be trouble or is this going to go okay for me? Not sure if they would do this publicly, but privately, I've been told that they, they, they make judgments about people. You know what? We all do. They immediately size a suspect up. Is this person going to give me uh, trouble? Mm -hmm. They're not looking at color. They're looking at the likelihood of being hassled, the likelihood of having trouble. We're all predisposed to judge people by their appearance. May not be right, but we all do it. Listen, some big, rough-looking dude with a full facial tattoo comes walking up to your car window later at night. You're probably making a judgment in your mind Mm -hmm. about that person. That person wearing a white shirt and black tie, carrying what looks to be a Bible in their hands, comes knocking on your door and you look out the window, you're probably making a judgment. Rosenthal is correct when he says, too much is being made about Kaepernick's protest and not enough about what his protest is about. I said that last week. And again, I don't want to make this about the anthem protests. It's not where I'm going to end up, I promise. But the discussion has not been primarily about brutality, and the oppression of people of color. It's been a discussion on the protest itself. Should they or shouldn't they? And regardless of which side you take, if you're offended by people protesting the flag or, or or even, you know, if you support them, why is this a bigger issue than, say, Bruce Miller, formerly now of the San Francisco 49ers, who was recently arrested after assaulting a 70-year-old man and his son? Where's the outrage over that? It's much more volatile, though, and and it's seemingly easier to immediately take aside when it's a race-related issue. It gets ratings, it sells newspapers, and I'm not saying there isn't a problem. Look, I'm not a racist, but to tell you the truth, if I'm honest, I'm a bit of a classist. What I mean by that is, I'm much less likely to think poorly of you if your skin color is different than mine, but I will think poorly of you if you're just a low-class guy. If you're low class, I'm not talking about income. Low income does not equate to low class. And high income, by the way, doesn't equate to high class. Oh no. But if you're profane, you're vulgar without regard to those around you, just being as loud and obnoxious as you can because you have the right, being free to, to do something doesn't mean you should. There are times and places where
2: certain conduct is appropriate or inappropriate i think you just described every internet commenter
0: exactly right (laughs) oftentimes low class the the vulgarity of the things they say and the attacks they're low class that kid hanging around outside the mall with his pants down around his thighs smoking a cigarette and exhaling it right in your direction as you walk in looking as though he hasn't bathed in a week doesn't hold a job because he's too lazy he's been arrested in the past for beating up his girlfriend still lives with his parents. Listen, this is a low-class loser, regardless of skin color. Mm -hmm. But what I need to remember, and what we all need to remember, is that Jesus loves that kid as much as he loves me. I don't see his skin color, but I see his appearance, and I see his attitude, and I make a judgment based on how he presents himself. But what I need to do is see him how Jesus sees him, as someone our God loves and for whom he gave his life. Rosenthal says in his article that if you're not an African-American, sorry, your opinion carries less weight than those who actually experience abuse, those whose perceptions cannot simply be ignored. That's absurd. That's the very definition of racism. He owes an apology to every person that has experienced abuse who is not black. You mean an officer or anybody else? tries to take advantage of a situation by blackmailing a girl into unwanted sexual favors, that victim's uh, abuse carries no weight to offer an opinion? That person's perceptions can be ignored? That's just wrong. The opinions of a beaten housewife, an abused child, anyone else treated unfairly, carry less weight because they're not African American? What a ridiculous thing to say. Uh, Rosenthal's better than that. Athletes are just like anybody else. Nobody's denying them their opinion. But your right to share your opinion goes hand in hand with my right to an opinion as well. And it just may be that my opinion is not the same as yours. Opinions are influenced by all sorts of things, perspectives, experiences, values. Too many times, in my opinion... A person's view or their opinions are, are more highly regarded if they align with the current temperature of what's politically correct to say. Oh, yeah. Which, of course, you'd expect that. It's more always more popular to go along with the crowd. But when you go along with the crowd without having thought it out for, your, for yourself, well, that's just dumb. Don't just go along with the crowd for the sake of going along with the crowd. Don't be such a fool as to form an opinion just because you think since well, so many other people have this opinion. It must be right. It may be, but investigate it for yourself. I would consider myself to be a conservative Christian. People all over just cringed when they heard that phrase, conservative <laughs> Christian. Unfortunately, in this political and social landscape, it's, it's not the popular thing. They made a judgment when I said conservative Christians. They made a judgment to dislike and maybe even to hate based on just those two words. Too many people think they know what being a Christian is all about. They want no part of being in a church just based on a prejudice they have, even though they have never even thought it through. But I would implore you to make an educated, investigate it for yourself. Make an educated opinion. Make, make an informed decision about Christ. Seek out God and let him speak to your heart. Psalms 34.8 says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. It can be dangerous to assume we're okay by comparing ourselves to someone else. It's so easy to do. Look at that guy over there. He's always drunk. He beats his wife, doesn't like his children. At least I'm not that guy. I even go to church once in a while. You form a prejudiced opinion of other people, and you think you're a good person compared to them. It's like the tax collector and the Pharisee who was praying in Luke chapter 18 You know, the Pharisee thought pretty highly of himself, but he didn't seem to have any love and respect for others. Meanwhile, this tax collector was very different. He knew he was a sinner, and he was sincere in his desire to repent. He was so humble and sorry for his condition that he he wouldn't even look to heaven. Real humility sees things the way they really are, regardless of how difficult the truth is to accept. We may not like what we find out about ourselves when we have the humility to look at our hearts, We ought not to form too high an opinion of ourselves. The Bible warns that God resists the proud, yet he gives grace to the humble. Jesus Christ is the only one who ever lived who was without sin. He was the only one who could rightfully stand before God without blame. Romans 3.23 says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. By being humble enough to realize that our own sins have condemned us to hell already, that's when we come to the point where we call out to God for mercy. When we compare ourselves to Christ, we see the depth of our sin. He's the standard of holiness. Yet Jesus is elected to go to the cross and give up his life as a sacrifice, a sacrificial payment for the sins of all mankind, you, me, Zach. But the good news is that death couldn't contain him. He rose again from the grave, defeating death. He ascended into heaven and stands there waiting to accept you into the family of God. But you must, you must come to that place where you realize what your sins cost you and him. Romans ten nine and 10 says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. You need to admit to God that you're a sinner. You need to repent of those things, and you need to ask him to forgive you and to save you. He has a free gift of eternal life, and there's nothing you can do to earn it. It's only by God's grace that he freely offers it through the shed blood of his son at the cross. Now, I'm not saying by repenting that you'll never sin again. You will. We, you know, we all struggle with this human nature that we're born with. But I am saying that once you know that we're sinners and what God has done on our behalf to restore us, then your sins are going to grieve you. And, and you're going to come to God confessing them and seeking forgiveness. You're not going to enjoy your sin. Is God talking to you today? Do you admit that you're a sinner? Confess that to God. Ask him to forgive you and save you. If you want to find out more about that, you can visit our website, btg.com. Find out more about becoming a Christian. You can send us an email here to the program. We're going to take a break. I'm Rick Benson. You're listening to the Beyond the Game program, brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions. All right, let me talk to you about something important. Let's face it, sometimes life hurts, and it can be especially painful for young people. But thankfully, God heals. Hope Church in Greece is offering a 12-week program called Life Hurts, God Heals. This program is intended to help students who are dealing with painful struggles due to such things as divorce, depression, addictions, eating disorders, abuse, self-injury, and more. Hundreds of students from the ages of 12 to 22 have been given tools to help overcome life's difficulties through this program, and many lives have been changed. Life Hurts, God Heals is offered on Sundays from 1 p.m. to 2.30 p.m. and is absolutely free of charge. Hope Church is located at 1301 Vintage Lane in Greece. For more information, please visit the church's website, sharethehope.org, or call the church office at 585-723-4673, That's 585-723-4673, and ask for Jill.
1: Title sponsor of Beyond the Game is Town & Country Pest Solutions, and they have been for the two-plus years the show's been on the air. But that's nothing compared to the nearly 30 years of bringing your homes and businesses of unwelcome pests. And I'm not just here reading a commercial script for them. I am a happy and satisfied customer. They have taken care of a mouse bee and even fly problem for me yes my house is old and falling apart and i get all sorts of pest problems and you may too as the colder air creeping in starts to cause critters to seek shelter in your attic basement or walls if you think you have a problem or want to make sure that you don't call town and country they really are the best they guarantee their work and did i mention they're the best save yourself any more of a headache and money by giving them a call first Don't waste your time on other companies. Town & Country will do it right the first time, every time. So give them a call today at 585-426-5024. That's 585-426-5024. One more time because someone decided that is the magic number, 585-426-5024. Or visit them online at townandcountrysolutions.com. Town & Country Pest Solutions. They fear nothing but God.
0: Title sponsor of the Beyond the Game program is Town & Country Pest Solutions, townandcountrysolutions.com, fearing nothing but God. Titus chapter 3 verse 2 tells us to speak evil of no one, to avoid quarreling, to be gentle, to show perfect courtesy towards all people. A kinder, gentler Beyond the Game program, no longer (laughs) giving you our Pest of the Week, we're opting to accentuate the positive in a Mr. Bluebird on my shoulder kind of way. I'd like to give (laughs) praise to the players of the Washington Redskins and the Pittsburgh Steelers who prior to their game Monday night left their sidelines and stood side by side with military personnel during the national anthem to help them hold that 100-yard flag that covered FedEx Field. Reports said that every member of both teams took part and several of the Redskins players said after the game that it wasn't a planned moment, admitting they just sort of, reacted in the moment with the rest of their teammates. Steelers coach Mike Tomlin explained that his team wanted to honor their teammate, Alejandro Velenueva, a former U.S. Army Ranger that received the Bronze Star for serving three tours of duty in Afghanistan. At a time when you know what's going on elsewhere during the anthem, on the 15th anniversary of the attacks on 9-11, each member of the Pittsburgh Steelers and Washington Redskins displayed an extraordinary amount of class, and, uh, dignity, and, and stood alongside our nation's military, holding old glory. It's what I like this week. You like that? You like that?
2: What I liked this week was the NFL's announcement that the six players who wore custom cleats honoring the victims of 9-11 will not be fined for breaking the NFL's uniform code. They were awesome cleats. It was really awesome to see, especially, like you said, knowing what was happening during the anthem in a few other NFL stadiums at that time. Good for those players, and good for the NFL for not finding them.
1: You like that? You
2: like that? Thanks
0: for listening to Beyond the Game. Beyond the Game's been brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions. Townandcountrysolutions.com. Give them a call, 585-426-5024. That's 585-426-5024. Tell them Benson and the guy I sent you. For Zach, I'm Rick Benson. Lord willing, we'll see you right here next week at the same time. Have a great week, everybody.